This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Brainosaur presents live. the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling! And hello everybody and welcome to the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling for... April 4th, 2014, we are a few days removed from WrestleMania. We're going to talk about all the fun stuff. Guys, just remember to uh, like, share, tweet, Twitter, blank, all that fun stuff. Um, I'm Eric Clancy. Patrick Kelly is is right here. Not next to me, but in spirit. Um, And yeah, so uh, WrestleMania happened. Um, uh, You know, like, I'm going to... This is... It's kind of what we thought going in, which is interesting because last year was what kind of what we thought going in. But with the exception of the time and some shitty things that we'll get to we later. Be shitty. I'm sorry, what? The stuff we knew was going to be shitty. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the stuff that was good was good. There was some really good stuff on this show. We'll talk about this. I mean, it was just too long. They had like a lot of matches that, like, it was just too long. Um, yeah, two-hour pre-show, five-hour main show, it's just, it, it's gotten a little absurd. And um, it wasn't as bad, I, actually, and I think you were going to touch up on this, this show was definitely better than the last two, I would yes. say. Uh, there, I liked more about this show than the last two WrestleManias, but it's, it's just way too long, and they need to, they need to work on that. I agree, and they did kind of the opposite of what they did last year, which was not build any sort of future, and this time they did. Like, most of the guys that won, the people that should have won, did win. Um, there were really uh, only, in the entire show, there were really only two matches that I completely disagreed with the result of, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I know which one you mean, but yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a good show. I mean, I think we should get right down into it. Um but uh, all right, so let's go in. Let's let, let's start up here. Um, we the first match we had was the uh, cruiserweight title match, which was Neville versus Austin Aries. Um, I thought this was really good. I, I felt like there was they were moving it like to a point half speed, and I don't know if that was the sun. I don't know if that was outside. I don't know if Aries was confused that he had never seen a crowd this large before. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I, I thought I think this the crowd was, was still filling in while the match was in progress. Am I right? I think on that? so. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I mean, they started. I think we were at least 45 minutes into the pre-show before they did it, so they didn't just straight up open with that, which is good. But yeah, I, I think that's probably accurate. But I thought this was good. I liked the storytelling. I mean, quite honestly. This show had really good storytelling on it, really good psychology. Um, and Patrick and I don't say this a lot, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, Patrick, but the biggest 
for the most part, for the most part, there are some egregious examples of this going the wrong way. But for the most part, problems in matches came in execution and not in the booking, which is normally the opposite of what WWE does. But, um, but anyway, so Neville and Austin, um, I thought was good. I thought they told a good story. The idea that, you know, Neville, for the most part, is just way better than everybody else in the cruiserweight division. He, he's been killing everybody. Um, Aries is kind of the first guy that's really on his level. I mean, Gallagher kind of flirted with the idea of that, but Aries is the first guy that's really near his level. Um, so Neville had to, um, he had to bring out the red arrow, which is, you know, basically what he needs to do when he really needs to, he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want the fans to get the satisfaction, but he also wants to win the matches. And, you know, Austin had him in the last chancery. Neville goes for the injured eye. And it was one of those Mm -hmm. things where it's like, Neville has yet to cheat as a heel, which I always think is interesting because I always like the idea of Vince McMahon does not, but I always like the idea of heels as being guys that are really, really good at what they do, and sometimes they cheat. And you know, you don't have to. Um, you know, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't have to. In, in fact, a lot of times it's like you're better than everyone else, but you still cheat. You know, and it's just like, oh, you didn't have to do that. So it's it's the big dastardly idea. But um, yeah, no, I'm in full agreement with you. I thought this match was really good. I think both guys felt like, and I'm you know I'm not around them. I don't know what they're really thinking and feeling. But I think there's a part of them that felt like we should have been on the main show, and they just kind of went out there and wanted to show that they belonged on the main show, and they went out and had a pretty good match. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I like the idea of Neville having to to go for that eye and to to actually for the first time cheat to beat a guy because he felt challenged. So he cheated. He brought out the red arrow. I thought it was good. I thought the right guy went over. Um, and I think it continues. Um, I think it, the stronger Neville is and the stronger they keep this going, the stronger their cruiserweight division is going to be. So I, I like this. I thought it was good. It was everything it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, full agreement. Yeah, I really enjoyed this as well. I thought it was one of the better, uh, like, I don't know, if I were going to rank all the matches from top to bottom, this would probably be in my top five of the evening, which is saying a lot. Yeah, considering yeah. there are like 45 matches. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so the next match I'm assuming is one of your um, matches that you completely disagreed with. And that's let me the... put it this way. You're right. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, let me put it this way. The second that Strowman got eliminated, I was like, well, I've lost all interest in this match, and I went and ordered pizza. So, yeah, that pretty much killed it for me. And the Gronk stuff, which... The best part about that, it, it lets me joke that the New England Patriots cheated at WrestleMania, which is kind of amazing. Um, other than that, though, it was like they gave it to Mojo, which of all the results on this show, that was the one that really left me scratching my head. I was kind of like, what? How did that happen? I guess it's just because he's friends with Gronk and they wanted that ESPN highlight. Which is ridiculous because they're on ESPN anyway. <laughs> So it's like, it's like we, we have a partnership with ESPN, so let's get Gronk on there so we can get the ESPN coverage. But you already get ESPN coverage, so I don't understand. Like, I, I don't understand the point of that. Um, this was, to me, just classic, um, like, Vince Russo booking. Like, oh, everybody yeah. expects Braun or the Big Show to win, so let's not have it happen. Now, logically, it makes sense because... If you're in the Battle Royal, you're going to go for one of the big guys. And I don't think Braun was hurt by by having them do um, what they did because it took like 80 people to do it twice. But that said, you're building Braun for Brock Lesnar. The guy yeah, especially been... the next night, you're right. When he came out the next night and confronted Brock, I was like, it would have been really nice if he 
had that extra little stamp of winning the Battle Royal the night before to kind of put the little extra flavor on it, but no. It's like, it's like listen, you have decided that Braun Strowman is going to be one of those guys. And by the way, I agree. I think Braun's a, a, a talent. I would push him. I think we like I like him. We him on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so I'm like, okay, you made that decision. So, like, because I'll guarantee you what you're not fucking doing with Mojo Rawley, anything interesting. So, like, it, it, it's just like, I like the idea of the randomness that people can win the Battle Royal, but it's just like, you could have done so many other things. Like, okay, if you don't want Braun Strowman, fine. But you can also do... Uh, you can also Sammy do... Zane, get, when it came down to the final five and Sammy was still in there, I was like, well, it's got to be Sammy. I mean, they're not yeah, going to give maybe, it to one of the other people, and sure enough, he was the next one eliminated. Maybe that's too much of us being like, oh, we can see, you know, wrestling fans know what to expect, and we get annoyed when we don't, and then we complain it's, it's too predictable, and that's... But maybe that's part of it, but it's just like, you could have done Sammy, you could have done Jordan and Gable, you could have done... I don't know, something else. You could have done Big Show again for all I care. You know, like, it's just like, but it's like, It's one of those things. Mojo is a guy that they like, and I've heard rumblings that they're really high on him for whatever reason. And he's one of, it's one of those things. I look at him and go, why? What? <laughs> I don't you see know, anything in him. Literally you know nothing. I went to college with him? Really? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. He actually, he's, um... He he uh my the 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 guy that's gonna be the best man at my wedding is um uh is friendly with him. He like uh he was at uh, Christopher Newport before he went to I think Maryland, um is where he eventually went up, but yeah. Um <laughs> He was wearing Maryland colors in the Battle Royal, which was okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was one cool thing. My state flag was featured at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, they just could have done so many things. Also, uh Tian Bing is terrible. He did not – see, I thought when I saw him in there, I thought, oh, maybe they'll let him win and get that kind of press of giving it to the first Chinese superstar. But he didn't really do anything that really stood out. Yeah, and I mean, like, he was, like – he was terrible. Like, I understand he's young and he's new and, like, like he, they, they, they really want him so they can make headway into China, which is, like, fine. I, I, I get it. But it's just, like, he was shitty in a battle royal. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, you know, he is, he, like you said, he's young and new. I remember watching Tommaso Ciampa the first time, and I thought he was terrible. So, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's keep this train of rolling here. Um, the next match, the final match on the pre-show, which, which once again, Patrick, we do not get an Intercontinental title match on the, on the, on the main show because life has conspired against us. But you know what? I'm kind of glad we didn't because this was such a nothing match. It was kind of like, I don't know if they felt like they had the rush because they were, they squeezed it in there right before the pre-show was ending. I mean, there was not a whole lot of time. Um, I don't know if that was part of it. I don't know if it was just, uh, they were deflated to having been moved to the pre-show. I don't know, but it just, it just felt like a match that was there. I don't really have anything to say about it. The only thing that really stood out to me was Baron Corbin finally being the first one to kind of break up that stupid rebound clothesline of Ambrose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so the show officially opened. We had a um, to Tanisha. Is that how we how do we say your name? Tanisha. I have no idea. Uh, I, I'm so out of I'm out of touch with the youth. I, I don't yeah. know what, I, I, what yeah. these damn kids are listening to these days. I don't know if the the kids are listening to that much of that, but all right. Um, uh, so we had that. We had uh, like um, not the Blue Angels, but some sort of fighter jets fly over, which was pretty cool. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then we had our opening match, which was AJ and Shane. An interesting position for it. Not 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 really not bad, but you know, um, I, I don't know if I expected that to to be the opener. But I mean, I guess it makes I didn't the either. most sense. It makes the most sense, I guess. Um, Honestly, uh, I really liked it. I did too. I, I liked the story they told. I think we kind of discussed it on this um, show last week, and. And I, I mean, honestly, I, I liked a lot of the stories these matches told. I like the idea that Styles is like, you know, he he was he's a better wrestler than Shane. He out wrestles Shane, and it's 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 until AJ starts getting cocky and underestimating Shane is that's when he's made making the mistakes because Shane said, you know, you you're amazing, but your ego has cost you in these past few weeks. They cost you against Cena. They cost you against Orton, um, and it's going to cost you against me. And it did, but. Um, it, at the and then you know AJ uh, when the opportunity opens up brings in the hardcore elements which then enables Shane to get back into the match because that's what Shane can do and then of course Shane makes the 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 calculated uh, the mistake of of going for the shooting star press and I like it I like which that, is amazing you know, that he could still do that yeah yeah and I like the fact that okay he went for a high risk move it failed and essentially he lost because of it because I I always I I loved in like 80s WWF and early 90s WWF, Bobby Heenan would always say, he's like, it's high risk though. If, if, if you get it, you can win a match, but if you lose, you can lose a match. And I, I like that idea. And it's because of how fast everything is now, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you lose that. And so I like mm-hmm. that. I thought it was a well Actually, there match. was a Shawn Michaels match uh, in 91. It was Shawn versus Flair, I think, where I think Shawn like did a dive and he hit the, the, uh, the, the railing. Yeah, yeah, and that basically cost him the match, which makes perfect sense. And that that's one of the ones where he's, like, upset. That builds into the Rockers' breakup, I believe, right? Yes, it does, yes. Um. Yeah, so, um. yeah, no, I thought it was good. I liked it. Yeah, no, really good opener. I think it, and I guess we'll use this to transition to the second match, uh, Jericho versus Owens for the United States title. Um, I enjoyed this match. I thought it was good. I think AJ and Shane kind of stole its thunder a little bit, though. Yeah, I mean, it was, um, yeah, I, I'll 100% agree with you. The, the Jericho and Owens match was good. And like, like it was good. It wasn't like, I, I didn't dislike it. There were things I liked about it. It didn't, like, blow me away. But, you know, it was good. Like, there were things I enjoyed. I loved the finger on the ropes. Um, I, yep. didn't even, I didn't even get the whole Festival of Friendship reference until somebody pointed it out later. Um, mm-hmm. with, with like the, the Kevin Owens and Jericho touching fingers like that. That was very clever. Um, I thought I thought the Codebreaker counter was good. Um, the finish and I think the audience felt it, too. The finish just seemed to come out of nowhere. Like, I know it was it just it just See, I like I don't know. It because that's a move that puts Sami Zayn in the hospital for a month. So it's like, oh, well, it's over. Yeah, I guess so. I guess. Yeah, I guess maybe people just haven't been conditioned for it to win matches. So, um yeah, I mean, yeah. They were sense. in NXT, and I think that's part of that, like, the difference in booking between how it goes in NXT and how it goes on the main roster sometimes. Yeah. Because Cena took that same move, and he was back the next week, so. Yeah, well, if Cena, he can survive yeah. anything. <laughs> um, Including um, dog bites. Dog bites? Oh, that happened on Total Bellas. Oh, I didn't. I didn't watch. Well, which um, gives me the joke. It's like you know, in the movies, dogs are the only ones that can sniff out real Terminators. So. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> he is. He is a prototype. Um, 
All right. Anything else about that match? Uh, no, just a really, really solid match. Really good. All right. So next we had the, the Fatal 4-Way um, elimination match for the Raw Women's Championship. I Once again, like I, this is going to be a thing. I really like the story they told in this. But the execution killed it for me. So I love the opener. I love every, I love Nia killing everybody and everybody banding together to go for Nia. It's basically the same thing that happened in the um in the takeover the tag, tag match? Yes, in the takeover tag match. And it like made like it made sense, you know? It's like it's like, okay, she's this giant killer. We have to stop her. And it was one of those moments where it's like, okay, Nia gets eliminated first, but she gets to look like a killer. She's not hurt in any way, and the whole and the booking makes sense. So it's like you hit all the things for that. Now, and then so the here's match where, kind of fell apart after that. Well, here's where shit started to go wrong. Charlotte removed that turnbuckle, and that turnbuckle, really. yeah, literally and figuratively, is holding the ropes of this match together. And like, it, it, the the turnbuckle doesn't come off. And like, I mean, Corey tries to cover for it. And, like, the crowd just fucking doesn't get it because it looks like the turnbuckle's still on there. And it's just one of those things where it's, like, somebody's got to, like, uh, Charlotte's got to know to get that off. Like, she, it, it has to come off. Like, like the match mm-hmm. hinges on that. And, like, that's a thing where I'm, like, if you're Ric Flair's daughter, like, Ric Flair is not going to let that turnbuckle hang there, you know? So I was a little mm-hmm. bit... I, I'm not saying Charlotte isn't talented. She is. It just I think that shows a lack of experience there because the match fucking hinges on that turnbuckle being exposed. And, like, Sasha's, like, and it all made sense. Like, it was all, like, you know, Charlotte, like, pushes Sasha into it. She gets knocked out. She gets she gets pinned. It's just Charlotte and Bailey. Can, can Bailey beat Charlotte, like, one-on-one? Charlotte gets hoisted by her own petard. Bailey doesn't cheat. Charlotte, like, does it herself. And then she tributes with a Macho Man elbow drop. On paper, this is all great. The problem was the fucking turnbuckle is still, the pad is still on. And nobody can see it, so there's no heat for it. And, you know, it, 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 it just, like, it, it fucked it up, you know? It, yeah, and, and that's a big, big botch, as you mentioned it. I think the announcers, you mentioned Corey tried to cover for it and everything. I think them constantly, like, referring to it as the exposed turnbuckle, and we could, because, you know, we have eyes, and we can see that that turnbuckle's not exposed. That kind of made it worse, because then it kind of, that story translated to the TV audience as well, and it was, you were right, it was completely confusing to everybody watching it, and it just didn't kind of, I don't want to say it ruined the match, but it severely hurt it. Yeah, and I, and I mean, as everyone in the world predicted, Bailey retaining is not as great of a story as Bailey winning it. So Charlotte going into this match with with defending against Bailey as the champion with her pay-per-view streak intact is a much better story than Bailey retaining it. So I mean that was just in the setup, but we knew that was fucked up in building this to this. So it was what it was. Um it it, it could have been, you know, I like I, for, that said, I didn't dislike the match. I thought it was fine. I just thought it could have been really better, a lot better. It, it could have been significantly better, and that yeah. for all the reasons that we just stated, it was just kind of like, oh, it was okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on. We then had the what became a four-way tag team ladder match for the Raw Tag Team Championship. By the way, I thought the New Day were good on this show. I thought they didn't, like, overstay their welcome. I thought they got their pops. Um I, I love the were... twist that they did, because you thought they were going to add themselves to the last yes. match. And I was like, yes. oh, okay, here we go. And then they kind of 
bait and switch us and put the Hardys in there. So really good job there. It was great because, like, you know, you, you hear they're like, oh, it's a four-way match, and then everybody starts chanting delete, but then they're like, well, who could it be? And they start taking off their stuff, and then you can almost hear the audience saying, oh, it's going to be the New Day, and they're, like, not upset. They're, like, they're like maybe the heart, expecting the Hardys was too much, so we're going to be happy with the New Day being here, but then they brought out the Hardys anyway, and... um I guess we can get to this on Raw. Uh, no, let's talk about it now. Um, first of all, the Hardys coming out was very cool. I mean, but mm-hmm. the biggest they issue... They kind of stole the weekend. I don't know if you saw Supercard of Honor 11, but they were in the main event of that show the night before, and they killed it with the Young Bucks. I, I, heard, I heard they did. I heard it was amazing. Um, yeah, and I'm critical of the Young Bucks, but I thought that match was amazing. Yeah, so here's my thing. Like... I thought, first of all, I, I liked the ladder match. I thought it was good. I thought it was hot fire. I thought it was 11 minutes long. Uh, it was really and hey, good. And the ladder match we're actually going to remember this time next year because the Hardys just added that extra little bit of flavor to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought some Cesaro's like stomps were cool. Like I, I thought it was, I thought it was good. It like meant something, you know. And but my my issue and like you know like they were kind of like doing the gimmick but not doing the gimmick. And <laughs> then you saw them the next night on Raw and. Like, everybody's kind of said this, but they're just the Hardy Boys. And WWE seems to not be interested in getting involved in this lawsuit and having the broken characters. The problem is, if you have Matt and Jeff Hardy without the broken universe, like, who cares? You know? Like, the nostalgia's going to go for a bit, and it's going to be like, oh, cool. But then they're just the Hardys. And the Hardys are not as interesting as... as, um, as Broken Matt and Brother Nero, you know? Oh, and the chance that were going on uh, both at, well, at Supercard of Honor, at WrestleMania, and at Raw the next night is like, all right, it's obvious what the fans want to see. It's just a shame that they can't get it. Yeah, so it's almost this, it's very weird, and unless they either do a new gimmick or they can, WWE goes goes to bat with Matt and, and takes on this lawsuit, um... It's going to be disappointing, I think, for a lot of people. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. And you could, I don't know if you noticed this at WrestleMania, whenever Matt started doing the delete hand gesture, they kind of cut away from him. Yeah. So, I mean, I got the idea. I mean, they were the Hardy Boys. They, they, that's, that's who they, they were. They weren't team, broken. Team Extreme. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I thought because Michael Cole said, like, oh, it's a, the WrestleMania is about to be broken, I was like, oh, but then that was really it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a shame because that's major credit to both of them. They really reinvented themselves in the last year, and major like shit on TNA for letting them go, and you know, kind of screwing them out of the thing that they created. It's like, ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to see the. You have. To, I guess you'd have to look over the contract. I, it. You'd mm-hmm. have to see what it says, and I. I don't know what it says. So I mean, who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Um. All right, so next we had the mixed tag team match, and you know, Miz is my hero. Yeah, of course. And I, I thought he was great in this. Yeah, he was, and it was like people are complaining about like you're like, oh, it was such a house show match, and it was like, and I was like, dude, like, like, yeah, it was, but like, like, yes, to it, yes, they're not; those people aren't wrong, but. You like? Do you see like like the symbolism was good in this match? I liked it. Miz had Cena pretty much down most of the time. It was Cena taking heat for Miz 
And Cena needed to get the, the, the tag to uh, he needed to get to Nikki. He needed Nikki in this match. And it, it was kind of poetic in that. And I liked that she kind of made the hot tag. And Cena mostly, like, you know, took it from Miz. And they won. I mean, I know people were upset that Miz and Maurice lost. I mean, you, and sure, but you you couldn't have thought that they were going to win. I mean, like, it was, like you couldn't have thought that. And hopefully WWE says, hey, Miz, you did a solid. You've been doing amazing stuff. Let's feud you with someone and get you a world title run here where you can do this stuff on the big I'd stage. I'd rather have him as WWE champion than, uh, well, well, we'll get there when we get there. But, yeah, I think I hope Miz gets rewarded for this because he really, A, made this match worth watching, and even while I was watching the match, I'm like, Miz is the star of this match. I fucking love him. He's great. Yeah, I, I think I think they I think Miz will be fine and yeah yeah so I mean it was what it was and the the proposal after you know like like was was good it was nice it was like my my uh, my fiance was was watching with me kind of and um and she was adamantly opposed to it um she was like oh I hate that they're using this in the in the story like it's just so weird the pro wrestling thing where they like mix real life and, and fantasy and you don't know what is what. And she was really well, against he probably pro- He really... He, I'm going to take a guess and say Cena probably proposed to her like a month ago. Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, like, who knows? Like, yeah, probably, but who knows? But, I mean, I think after the... I, I think after this, and I think most people were like, you know, it was kind of a, it was a sweet moment. It was John, for which he does not do often, turning off the... The John Cena stuff and being a real, yeah, yeah, being a real human being, um, and it was like a legit. I mean, it wasn't like it was as legit as you can probably get pro wrestling to be without it like being a shoot. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I I thought it was good. I thought it was a nice moment. Um, I, I thought the fans, the girls, dug it. really seem to be into it. Just based on exactly, the and you and you need to remember that they're they're. That that's that's a demographic that they probably fucking want. Like, I mean, we remember years ago, seventeen years ago, how badly they fucked up that Triple H Kurt Angle Stephanie McMahon oh storyline, which killed it killed the female demographic when that didn't have the payoff w- w- of what it's supposed to have, which is Kurt and Stephanie getting together. Because Triple H never was like, oh no, I I, I swear it's not because I'm trying to hook up with this woman in real life. Um, you know, that that killed the female demographic when they did that. So I thought this was good. I liked it. I thought it was, 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 that was a good moment, you know? It was about as good as it could be, all things yeah. considered. So, you know, no, no complaints here. All right. So then we had um, our longest match of the night, mm-hmm. um, which was Seth Rollins and Triple H. Um, now, now, you texted me, and you said that up to this point, um, this was the match of the night. Do you think that this was the match night for all of WrestleMania? No. Okay. Um, no. But I really like it. I really do. Now, I understand that the crowd was not super into this until until the end. Yeah. Um, and that's something to take into consideration, to not, like, to you're just going to tell your story regardless of what the crowd does. Now, that said, the crowd wasn't shitting on it. They just weren't, like, into this, like, hot fire, you know? It, it wasn't like Daniel Bryan and Triple H, you know? Um, Which opened up WrestleMania, by the way, and I'm wondering if, again, we talk about the length of the show. You get to this point in the show, and I think, was the crowd just tired by this point? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Who knows? And they just... 
you know, there there wasn't any real stops. You know, you had John Cena's proposal, then you had Rollins and Hunter, you know, then you had, you know, so, and that followed a, a ladder match, you know, and, and I know, I can't remember where they put the Hall of Fame induction. Um, I think it was after I the ladder I think it was match. early. It was, it was before or after the ladder match. Yeah, it was around yeah. that point. Um, so, um, I like this match a lot. So, I like the story. Um <clears throat> The the idea that, you know, like, basically Seth can't do anything without using his knees, which puts him <laughs> at this huge handicap. And triple, so basically the idea is that Seth Rollins can beat Triple H on even footing because he's the next generation. He's the next guy. He's the best guy. Um, and Triple H, while good, is still, and while mentally there, is, still, is, is older and not able to. However, Seth's at a disadvantage because he is, Handicapped by this knee. Um, I thought they did a lot of cool callbacks. I thought the um, mm-hmm. the sunset flip um, was good. You know, there were points where, like, Seth didn't sell as much as some people may have liked him to, and I think that's valid. But I think the main points are there, and it was good enough for that. Um, now, that said, I thought the fucking pedigree reversal sequences were fantastic. Like, I was like, there was one... I think it was the pedigree. I think it was the first pedigree. I thought Seth's kickout was amazing. Like he wasn't looking at the ref. He got his shoulder up. Like my gosh, it was like you didn't even see it was coming. It was. I thought it was such a good kickout. Um, and uh, but yeah, I thought the the pedigree reversal sequences were really good. They just kept reversing, reversing into a pedigree. I really liked it. Um, and then I liked the idea of Stephanie. Hopefully it sticks. Getting some sort of comeuppance. And Triple H going down clean. So I liked the story. I thought it was good. Was it as good as I thought it was going to be? No, but I really did enjoy it. Um, I thought it was a good good match. I thought the right guy went over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like you have a, a slightly different opinion, so I'd like to hear I, what no, you I, think. Maybe. Um, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. I'm kind of in the boat where I think – I don't know if maybe the match was too long. I don't know if it was the positioning kind of – took some of the heat away from it. I don't know. Maybe my expectations were just too high. I was expecting, like, this is going to be the mania classic of this show. Like, this is going to be the match that we walk away, like, years from now. It's going to be, like, on, you know, like, WrestleMania 10, like, Brett Owen and the ladder match, like, that level of legendary. Maybe those expectations were unreasonable, but the buildup was just so good that I just kind of convinced myself that it was going to be that good. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I agree with you. I think the match was good. I thought they did a lot of good things. I thought the closing sequence was great, as you said, with the Steph taking the table bump, which was really well designed, by the way. I I completely forgot the table was set up. So yeah, yeah, I did for, too. I did too. Yeah, so that was a very well done, and uh, it was good to see her get her come up too. So um, overall, I thought it was a pretty good match. Should have been, in my mind anyway, should have been an amazing match. And Again, maybe my expectations were just too high. But like you said, they did a lot of good things. Um, the right guy went over. And, uh, you know, as far as Triple H WrestleMania matches go, this was downright heavenly compared to some of his other ones. So I'll take it. Yeah. Um, now, do you think they were hampered by the knee stuff? Like if it was just a straight one-on-one match with without that story in it, do you think it would have been better? No, maybe if they had worked it better, I don't know. You kind of touched up on it where Seth, like, does nothing but use his knees, and I'm kind of thinking in my head now, maybe they should have done something where Seth, like, had to reinvent his repertoire to kind of throw Triple H off and find ways to work around. Kind of like in Rocky Two or Balboa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, it's I Rocky mean, Three. Uh, 
No, Rocky Two, where he learns how to fight right-handed. Oh, I thought you meant when he has to use his speed more in Rocky Three. Okay, gotcha. Well, I mean, he changes his strategy in every movie, so the point still stands. Uh, either way, whichever <laughs> one you want to go with. But, uh, yeah, it would have been cool if Seth, like, did all these new things that didn't involve having to use his knee and was just kind of flooring Triple H, and then Triple H would get that one lucky shot in on his knee and then kind of turn the whole thing around. Maybe work the story that way, but... Again, I don't know. I'm not a worker. I, I don't know what the best way to do this is. So, um, yeah, it, that's just kind of my feelings on the match. It was pretty good. One of the better matches on the show, just not as amazing as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get to what I assume is your favorite match of the night, which is Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Oh, dear God, this was horrible. Uh, I, can I be honest? Like, this was bad. It was. I mean, it's it, like it, it, this this match encompasses Bray Wyatt's career in WWE. I was going to make that point. It's like, okay, the projecting image thing on the ring, I think is a good idea. The yes. problem is that they didn't think it out and there was no payoff to it. So it just well, it didn't work. Pointless. It didn't work. That's the thing. Yeah. If it, if it works, if that's the finish or it does something and affects Randy Orton and he has to adapt his strategy then it's fine, but it just, like, scared him for two seconds, and then he hits an RKO, RKO, and he wins. What's the point? Like, it's like, this is what they don't, I don't seem to get with Bray Wyatt. Like, like, I mean, if, if you look at Lucha Underground, Mil Mortes, like, kills people on the show, and they, like, leave for a while because he's killed them. Like, dudes do things, and it may be crazy. Like, they may have, like, oh, like, because people are like, oh, you know, Lucha Underground is all this shit, and you think it's great. Well, guess what? Lucha Underground, like, pays off that shit. Like, they do crazy stuff, but it actually matters. Bray Wyatt does so much stuff that doesn't matter. It's, like, ridiculous. He's always, like, he's cutting his promos, and none of them mean anything. And then he doesn't do anything, and he loses to whoever he's going to face inevitably. And he's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take down The Undertaker. I'm the new face of fear. And then Undertaker beats him, and then he just says he's the face of fear anyway. It's like, what the fuck is the point? And then, then he, he kidnaps Undertaker, and he gets his lightning powers, but then he doesn't have them anymore. And they're like, well, we kidnapped Undertaker, but now they're fine, and they're walking. It's just like nothing he does matters. It's like his life is just like an event followed by a retcon followed by a loss. That's fucking Bray Wyatt. Like, they do not get him. They do not get what they need to do with that type of character. And like you said, it. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I was talking to somebody about this, a way that they could have done this better with the projecting the images. The last image should have been Sister Ab Abigail's face. And if they do that right, that could have been nightmare fuel and would have been great to set up the finish in Orton's loss. But yeah. they didn't do that. They, they didn't do anything like that. Orton has to lose for that to make any sense. Like, if you want Orton to win, fine, but you can't tell that story and have him win. Like, it doesn't make sense. And because he's, to build off of that, Orton winning is probably the most boring decision. It wasn't like a head-scratcher like Mojo Raleigh winning, um, where I was like, what the hell were they thinking? It's like, all right, Orton's one of their boys. I, I guess I kind of half expected it. But it's just so boring. It's like He's been champion 45 times. Nobody cares. Yeah. So but, there's that. And so. I'll be honest, when they projected the first image, I was like, whoa, that's cool. It's like the Willy Wonka hell tunnel. I'm like, oh, where are they going to go with this? They didn't go anywhere with it. So, yeah, he just, he just like, he just hits him with an RKO. That was it. That was all he did. <laughs> yep. Jesus Christ. All right. 
So the next match on the show was what I thought was the best match of the show. Oh my Fuck god, it. we agree. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, like, I, I, like, I have no idea. Like, if you told me that I would have thought Brock Lesnar and Goldberg were going to have the match of the show, it was going to be like four minutes long. I would have said you're full of shit. But this was fucking awesome. This was exactly, this is like the perfectly booked and performed match for what they needed to do. And I'll be honest, uh, we keep talking about positioning on the card. I think for the position that this match was on, it was the perfect time to do something like this. Because at this point in the show, I'm kind of deflated. I'm like, okay, can we wrap this up? I'm ready to go home now. The show's going on too long. And then you just, just get hit with this shot of adrenaline, and it's like, oh, my God, this is the coolest thing ever. And it was well, just, oh, my God, this match was so good. It was great because we talked about this. Like, when Vince gets into something, he can, like, tell a story. It's just he has to fucking be behind it, and then hopefully it aligns with the crowd's perception of what's going on. But, like, the whole idea is that Brock Lesnar underestimated Goldberg. He got smashed. Goldberg, like, like speared him and jackhammered him, and, 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 he, and he beat him. And then Goldberg got him again in the Royal Rumble. And Brock is like, you know what? I'm going to get you this time. So Gold, Brock survives the initial onslaught with Goldberg, which is the key. If you get if you get caught with all of Goldberg's stuff, he's just going to do what he does and take you down. So he survives his initial stuff. Now Goldberg comes. Goldberg's able to survive Brock's stuff. He's able to co- come back out of it. He's able to get out of the F5. And then he just spears the fuck out of him like 30 times. Now, then gets- oh, Jesus. Okay, the first spear, when um, the match opens up with the three German suplexes, I'm like, oh, here we go. Goldberg's going to Suplex City. And then Goldberg pops the fuck up out of nowhere and just spears him into oblivion. I jumped out of my chair. It was one of those moments where I was like, this is, this is fucking awesome. This well, is it, so was, cool. it was great because they're these two rough-and-tumble badasses, and they're just beating the fuck out of each other, and you're like holy and it's like it like feels like a real fight like that's it's a thing that pro wrestling doesn't have too much and it's like like dude i'm a Shawn michaels fan he's my favorite wrestler so i always have a soft spot for like aerial stuff but like and there's nothing wrong with this but you know sometimes you're watching and you're thinking you're watching a gymnastic composition everybody's just flipping around or they're like you know just doing all sorts of stuff this was just two guys just beating the fuck it was like bulls fighting and it was awesome and it was like you know what yeah it reminded me of i felt like i was watching somebody play nwo wcw revenge on n64 or something like that where it's just like all right i'm just going to do the spear 60 times here we go yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. so but, cool but they had intensity they like they like it was just the opposite of the remember the remember the 04 one and it was like okay so the crowd's pissed off at both of these guys anyway but they're going so fucking slow like the story they wanted in that one is like they're super evenly matched so no one can get a thing in this like collar and elbow tie up this was none of that they like ran at each other and were like punching each other it's like that's what you wanted from this thing the whole time so it's like the exact opposite of how that match like everybody's like oh the crowd shit on the match but it was still pretty good i'm like no it wasn't a well-designed match it was not well booked um or not for those guys no yeah, or, or performed. So, yeah, this is great. And then I love the idea. Goldberg comes for the spear, and Brock jumps over him. So not only does Brock show that he's an athletic freak of nature, but he learns, and he understands that Goldberg is going to come at him. This is what cost him last time. It's not, And then he's able to take him to Suplex City and pin him. And it was just, like, such simple storytelling, but so effective, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, this was, uh, I already said it, this was an adrenaline rush that I was not expecting, especially this late into the show. 
And by the end of it, I was like, you know what? We all said that this match shouldn't close. And I know Undertaker's retirement and everything, and that's why they closed with Reigns and Taker. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But um, if they had closed with this, I think I would have thought a little bit more of this WrestleMania because it would have ended on such a high. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, all right, next we had a six-pack challenge match for the for the SmackDown Women's title. Now, I don't know my how favorite you felt. Part of this match, uh, okay, my favorite part of this match was Mickie James' outfit. Really? Like, it was ridiculous. No, I just thought she looked good in those shorts. Oh, yeah, she did. She just looked like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm why are you? I'm like, that's, no, there's nothing, like, oh, no, yeah, nothing yeah. fancy about this. I'm just, a, just you know, a pig. Yeah. So I thought, first of all, I thought Naomi came off like a huge star. Like, I think that, like, that, like, glow gimmick is, like, over, like, gangbusters. And, like, she just, like, like I like the, the, the power slide down the ramp was cool. I thought she came off like a superstar. Now, I was worried. By the way, that, we haven't talked about this yet. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off. But how, what did you think of the super long ramp? Um, I mean, from a visual standpoint, it was fine, but then, like, it, because everybody took so long to get down there, it was kind of annoying from that regard. I know you wanted yeah. the cart back, but, um, I, I, I know, I know everybody thought this, but all night I'm like, man, they're going to gimmick something with Undertaker because he's not walking down that ramp. And they they had him come up halfway through it, so. Yeah, 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 I, which, yeah. Um, so I was worried, or, or my concern would have been for this women's match that, um, they were clearly rushed because we had to have that Pitbull concert. Um, and so they were, like, not going to have enough time. But, like, this was just fast-paced, what it needed to be. It, at, at, at our, like, at our four and 45 minutes, this five-minute quick match of everyone hitting finishers is pretty much what you needed. So I thought it was about as good as it could be. I don't mean that as a knock. I thought it was good. I thought um, Naomi going over was pretty cool. I know you said Alexa should have won, and I think that would have been fine, too. But... No, I think she should have. Um... Well, okay, I said that when before Naomi was added to the match. So okay, gotcha. it's like, all right, so now they're just going back to where they were before, so it's fine, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 thought it was, I thought it was a nice little spot for it, and I thought, I thought it was good. It was fine for what it was. It was purely filler, but... I've seen much worse filler, so it was, like I said, it was just kind of there for me. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then we got the main event. Um, Holy shit. Why don't you, why don't you go on this one? Because you, okay. you feel like you have some feelings. Uh, oh, dear God. Um, okay, last year, you and I, we trashed the holy hell out of Triple H and Roman Reigns. We bashed that match to no end. Said it was a shitty main event. We hated it. It was terrible. What the fuck? I feel like I owe that match an apology. That's how bad this was. Um, any, and, and, like, I hope... Okay, two things I did like about the match. Well, three things. One, Roman going over. Not that I like Roman, but it's, like, for God's sake. It was, like, if Taker wins this fucking thing, I'm going to just lose yeah. my mind. Um, it was good to hear JR's voice at the booth again. That was, you know, even though it wasn't exactly the greatest match that he got the call. It was like, all right, just to have him back was nice. And the ending with Undertaker leaving the, the coat and the hat and all that in the ring, that was like a somber ending to the show. But the match itself was so terrible. I mean, if anybody feels like Undertaker doesn't need to retire after watching that match, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, he, he looked dazed and confused. He looked uh, out of position for a lot of the spots. He botched some of the spots. He... He looked like a dude that needed to retire five years ago. And 
you never want to see the greats turn into that, but Undertaker has become one of those guys. And if this is his last match, great. You had a great career. I hope to God it's the last time because I can't watch another one of these because this was sad. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's yes. I mean, I, I first of all, I don't fault Roman for any of this because like Undertaker no. should not be in a professional wrestling ring. Like, I mean, Undertaker should not have for the past like I think he looked okay for the Bray one, but he looked old and slow for Shane, and he looked old and slow for Brock. So he's looked pretty he looked bad. Fat for, at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, he looked. He just had hip surgery, so he could hardly do anything. So it was like, like, and you know, I can like, and we'll get to this, I guess, on Raw, but like an opportunity to turn Roman Reigns heel. I guess they didn't want to overshadow Undertaker's long ass retirement thing. Which, like, like, okay, here's the thing, like. I mean, like, if you delete, like, Undertaker's, like, 2007 and beyond career, because I feel he, he was a selfish worker, um, <laughs> if you, um, well, he was, but, like, if you delete that... Oh, you're not wrong. One, he was one of my all-time favorites, and, like, and, but it's, like, the guy never knew, the guy never knew when when it was too much, like... I I've I've liked Undertaker. I've always liked Undertaker. Um I, I give him a lot more credit than people do in his like early and mid nineties time frame. Like mm-hmm. he he was so slow with those entrances and I know they're always like chilling and they're and they're everybody's like, Oh, it gives it's such a major event. It's like my God, like the amount of times in the past like ten years I've been bored by Undertaker entrances. It's just so fucking much. Like, unless he's going to gimmick something really cool, like the punk entrance or, like, you know, I don't know, something different. It's just like, come on, man. Get to the fucking ring. And, I like, you know, at hour five and, you know, however long, I'm like, I do not have goddamn time for you to take that much time. Like, fuck, do you remember the yo- the ending of, of uh, Survivor Series 94, how long that takes? Because he just... Or, or, or no, I'm th- I think it's the entrance. It's the entrance to Survivor Series '94. It just takes so fucking long, and it's just like, come on, man! I like speed it the fuck up. He he's never had a good sense of timing with that. And I'm like, Undertaker's obviously one of the all-time greats. When Michael Cole said he's the greatest performer in wrestling his in WWE history, I wanted to punch him in the face because that's such bullshit. But um, <laughs> you know, he's one of the all-time greats. But it's just like his. It's it got like enough is enough. Like I'm glad he's retired. You know, you know he's had an all-time great career, but my God, the entrance took forever. The exit took forever. Uh, I was just like, okay. I mean, you know, there we go. I mean, we're done now. It's kind of like the same feeling I have when The Simpsons finally calls it quits and goes off the air. It'll be like, okay, now we can finally talk about how great you were and what how influential you were and how awesome you were. Because right now you're just kind of living on past laurels, and it's sad. Um, and I don't want to see the things that I like turn into that. So once Undertaker, like, I'm sure they'll do make some kind of big uh, thing out of it when it's official, official, and, you know, we'll get something on TV and stuff. Um, it'll be a big deal, and you'll get all your tributes and everything. It'll be great. But, my God, the last few years, it has been just more and more depressing to watch him. Yeah, yeah, it has. I mean, he, like... He hasn't had a good match since. I don't know. That I'm being kind. I, I would say the the rematches with Brock were solid, 
Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that's, that's about it. Yeah. Like like his match with Punk was was good. Um but that was Punk nearly killing himself. <laughs> correct. Um his matches with Triple H were good. Um But I mean that, and that was all, once a year. That was, oh, yeah, man, that was him coming back that. once a year. Um so yeah, I mean hopefully, thank God. I'm glad you like put somebody over like, you know, because the amount, like, for a guy that that in the Attitude Era probably put some put people over too much, in like the years after that, he did not put people over nearly as much as he should have. Oh, absolutely. Well, we talk about it all the time. Punk in '09. I mean that that not only ruined Punk's main event run at the time, um, it ruined SmackDown. Like an entire show got ruined because of that decision. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean. There were lots of things he could have done, but, you know, whatever. Uh, oh, it's over. It's a great career. I mean, I, I hate to be so negative at the end because it's just like I know everybody reveres The Undertaker. I know he'll probably get shit for all this. But, you know, I mean, it was it was a not great match. And, you know, like the guy could barely do anything. Roman basically had to wrestle around him. So it was what it was. Um, and then, of course, the next day on Raw last night, we get um, Roman You're kind of. That's not a heel. He like it. It's just you know, like it's like they did it last year. Where they're like, are they gonna do it? They're gonna do it. And then he's like, I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy. And you're like, oh great. And then they never did anything. And they're gonna do the same thing. It's just what what it is. They'll turn anybody heel or face as long as it's not their main dude that Vince just picked. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know, like business isn't great. Like you know, I I know they're making money, but I mean, if I had a firmly entrenched brand with giant production values and no competitors, I think I'd probably be doing okay too. But like they only went up um, like 7% in network subscribers. Like you'll see on the thing where they're like, we almost had 2 million subscribers. I'm like, yeah, but that's with the three month free trial you just gave away. So, okay. (laughs) Um, It's up to three months for free now. Yeah, they did it before like Royal Rumble. So they gave away all those things for free. Which you know, they're like AOL in the late '90s. They're just giving yeah, it away. Yeah, well, I mean, they they wanted uh, they really wanted to push those numbers up for the investors, but which is like fine, you know, if if you have a great product and you want people to sample it, like fine, whatever. But like, people don't get excited because like it, it's just like uh, like I I do not understand beyond Vince's stubbornness, I don't understand it because like the little kids and whoever that are going to like Roman. And for those of you who are saying like, this is different than Cena, the fuck it is. It's the exact same as Cena. Did Cena the only turn- difference is that Roman didn't really, Cena got over pretty big before they rammed him down our throats. Roman never really had a moment, maybe briefly after the shield broke up, but they never really had like a sustained run where the fans legitimately were into him. He, it was just like, they broke up the shield and he's our guy. Yeah, well, but I mean, like, you know, Cena, yeah, I mean, but Cena, I would say six months after he won the title, they were starting to boo him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, yep, I, I was I in SummerSlam that year, yep. <laughs> I mean, Roman didn't, like, get to that point. And, you know, Cena turned into a great worker, um, and Roman's a good worker. Uh, it's not about being a worker. Like, that has nothing to do with it, quite honestly. It's but, that like, there's nothing to like about him. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like, just like fucking turn him heel so you can turn him back. And it's like, I know Triple H is like, well, he's if everybody's already booing him, isn't he already heel? I'm like, no, not if he's fighting all the bad guys. And the announcer's like, it's Roman, he's amazing. So no, 
And also, on top of that, it's just like, listen, they're like, oh, he's the top merchandise seller. I'm like, oh, yeah? After three years of this, he's the top merchandise seller? Why? That's fantastic. Like, holy shit. If you give me anybody three years of constant promotion of being the guy they shoved down your throat, and he three just now... Three main events in a row. Yeah, it's just like, holy shit, he is? Finally, he's the top merchandise seller? My God. Like, it's just like, like, if, if come on. Like, come on. Like, it, you know who I identify? You, you know what they always say, like, uh, there's a brazen baseball. Like, you know, if you if you have two guys and they're virtually the same production, they're trying out for your team, and one guy has bad form, and the other guy has great form, and they're tied in everything, who do you pick? You pick the guy with bad form because you, if you teach him the good form, he can get even better. So, like, I'm looking at guys who are selling tons of merchandise and connecting, and I'm not putting the company behind them. Like, okay, yeah, Roman's a star because you fucking made him one. The TV will make anyone a star to a point. But why do you want the extra shit that goes with it? Don't you just want a good guy that people like? Like, don't you just want that? Like, like I mean, Seth is, is there, you know? Like, like Brock is kind of there. Like, you know, they're, you, if you turned AJ, he'd be there, you know? Like, oh, AJ's I, one I, of the most loved guys on the show, and he's a heel. Make yeah, sense of that. Just, I, <laughs> it's just like they, they don't, like, seem to, they're like, this is how it's going to be, you know? Like, they're, they're like, oh, Seth is coming back. He should be a heel. Well, why? Oh, he's got kind of an annoying voice, and we've always envisioned him as a heel. I'm like... Yeah, well, people like him, so maybe just like you gotta change, you gotta change from that ideology. They just don't. So, I mean, I I don't think they are going to ever turn Roman heel. I think it's the same as Cena. Like I've always feared that, and people are like, oh no, this is different. It's the exact same. Like it, there's this Stockholm syndrome with Cena now, and like once again, Cena's a great worker. Um, there's 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 not really a question about that, but that's not the point. The point is he's a guy that got picked. And he got pushed. And, you know, unless, and like everybody's like, well, Roman hasn't fucked up. The fuck he has. And he had the drug test failure last year. <laughs> like, he, yeah, he's he had did. bad matches. Like, I mean, he's better now, but like, he's like, how do you fucking fail? Like, I could pick anyone and be like, well, well, they haven't dropped the ball yet. Like, they're like, like, it's a fucking work sport, man. What do you want me to do? Like, like, you know, business isn't incredibly up right now. Like, the house show business, like, doesn't go up when he's there. I mean, it doesn't go down when he's there either, but it doesn't go up. So it's like, I don't understand. Just fucking pick somebody they're not going to boo every second. And you don't even have to pick one guy. I hate the idea that it has to be one guy. Like, why can't you have, like, four guys and you rotate them out so we're not fucking sick of them by the time they're there? Like, I, it just doesn't, it just boggles my mind. Or even just get, if you want to have a top heavyweight baby face, you know, build up your other titles to a point where you can have them as top stars too. Have a top tag team that you can put in the main events. Have a top woman that you can put in the main events and things like that. Just Which is what UFC does. Spread the wealth does. around a little bit. Yeah. I mean, no, UFC, yeah, they, I, mean, I mean, they don't have as many stars now, but when they're at their peak, you know, you could get like, oh, Anderson Silva, oh, GSP, oh, Brock, oh, you know, like, you know. Now they basically got Connor, but like you know, that it, it's just like come on, like it, it's just like the thinking is so insane to me. Yeah, it's it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. And it's just like, all right, we're getting Brock and Roman next year at WrestleMania. I mean, I know I already know that's what they're going to do. So 
Well, gray? do you think it's still like like I I know that's what they said, but it seemed with like on on Raw, I felt like they were pushing it a little bit closer, like maybe SummerSlam. I guess that depends on what the schedule is. I don't know, but um, I mean. Look, Roman's going to beat Brock. That's coming. We we know that's coming. Whether it's at Mania or at SummerSlam, that's going to be the thing they do. And they think that that's going to make Roman their big uh, their big babyface star that everybody loves. And that's not how it's going to work. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, I mean they they, it, yeah, <laughs> yep. It's just like it's not, it's not going to work. And like my God, you've got the easiest thing in, in front of you. You've got a heel turn. And I mean, I, I keep listening to like the reasons they don't. And if you Never ever hear Dave, Dave Meltzer's like, well, who else do they have? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. But this isn't working. So maybe try something else. <laughs> it's almost like I can't wait to see who the next Seamus is. Where it's like, oh, you don't want Cena? Well, there, here's Sheamus. You want Sheamus. I'm like, oh, God, no. Please, stop. Yeah, I know. All right. So, I mean, I don't want um, – we can we can kind of catch up on – there's a lot. So, um, you know, uh, Finn came back. Um, it looks like they're going, like, Braun and Brock eventually. Um I don't Which know if that'll be. I legit popped when Braun came out. I'm like, ooh, here we go. Yeah, I cool. legit like groaned when he walked away after he's like, I hope you'll fight me. And then he's like, okay, I'll fight you. And he's like, I'm going to leave. Like, why does fucking Braun Strowman have to be a coward? Why is he afraid of anyone? Nothing makes fucking sense. God, it's amazing of how a company that can do so many amazing things as far as pro wrestling can do so many dumb things. Because Vince is like, all heels are cowards. They all do the same thing and have the same opinions, and they all sit the same bots. Which, by the way, one thing I didn't like, I really don't like that Finn Balor and Seth Rollins are, like, best buddies now. I don't think that. That didn't bug me. Because, like, I didn't think they were. Like, he gave him, he was, like, looking at him. He was like, listen, I'm going to win this match. But, um, you know, you're, like, he, he gave him a few looks. I didn't notice that. I just felt like, it's like, oh, they're, look, they're all happy together at the end of the show. Okay. Shouldn't, I was kind of hoping that Finn would, like, just kick him right in the head or something. Yeah, that would have I been mean, a nice angle to end on, or something. But yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so um, all right, so I think we're good here. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. As long as WrestleMania. Almost, yeah. Uh, um, so I want to thank everybody for listening. Definitely do appreciate it. Um, you know, check us out on thebrainosaur dot com. Um, you know, uh, on Twitter at thebrainosaur, on Facebook, also thebrainosaur. We have all our weekday words of wrestling up there. Thank you so much. Um, but for Mr. Patrick Kelly and myself, Eric Clancy, we are signing off. This is the smell of a warm, three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? 
When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. 